Hello, welcome to this episode of the Joyful Health Show, where I get to interview Laura Acuna. She is a speaker, author, Bible teacher, podcast host, and coach. She shares her story of struggling with weight as a teenager, her breakthrough with God since then, and how to live aligned in the middle of diet culture, because it's a struggle for all of us. Please be aware that she shares numbers related to her journey, which may be triggering. So please use discernment and whether to listen or not. So living aligned, it's strengthening yourself in the Lord and his promises so that you can withstand corrupt systems like diet culture, which says you need to earn your way to peace through a thinner body. But that's not what the gospel says. So Aligned is the title of my new seven-session devotional guide. It's a path for you to live in alignment with what you know and learn how to let the rest go, returning to God's perfect peace in an anxious world. Each week of the devotional guide has four days of devotionals and experiential journaling prompts with one reflection day per week to make it doable. My hope is that it will help you understand where you're feeling tense with uncertainty and how you can stand upon the gospel that God gives us in Christ. We also have created a video series with playlist of printable printable resources, video teachings with transcripts on topics like how to talk to your body with muscle testing, um, a chiropractor's view on how to determine physical versus emotional blocks in your body, how to discern what health habits we can let go of, and God's idea of perfection, how that contrasts with all or nothing thinking. You can use these videos for your personal study, or you can watch them with a group to facilitate discussion around how you can get aligned in body, soul, and spirit when you feel discouraged in your health and not sure which way to go. So I'm also hosting a live book club inside the video series on Mondays at 1.30 p.m. starting on April 3rd, and it's not too late to join Get the book and sign up at joyfulhealth.co slash aligned, and we will be meeting for the next um, seven weeks. So go ahead and get in there and join us on Mondays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let a friend know. I know we're always more successful when we, um, when we get in with something with a friend. We have that community together. We get to learn together and encourage one another. So I hope this episode encourages you. All right, on to the episode. Hey friends, welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm Aubrey, registered dietitian. And I'm Casey, personal trainer. And together we're here to help you discover joyful health by grace. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Joyful Health Show. Today, we are talking about aligning with truth in the middle of diet culture. So this message is so important because even if we have, if we feel free from diet culture practices, we still live in a world that is so immersed in a diet culture of weighing, measuring, focusing on body size, But friends, we want you to be aligned with God's truth. And it's hard, but you are not alone. Um, And may this episode just be a reminder of God here with you, God with us. 
Um, so today we have Laura on the show. She has um, a new book out, which she is going to talk about um, with this very topic. So I'm so excited to have you on the show, Laura. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to talk to somebody who's kind of in the same industry I'm in. Yes. Amen. Right. We are we're not alone in this. Um, God is stirring, is stirring so many hearts um, across the nations with this subject because, you know, He wants to free us um, to enjoy Him fully um, within the space of our bodies. So, um, friends, if y'all don't know Laura, Laura Acuna is, she's a speaker, she's an author, she's a Bible teacher, a podcast host, and a coach. She is a graduate of Liberty University. She earned a degree in Christian counseling and a minor in biblical studies. She is the co-founder of Sisters and Faith Ministries, which is a nonprofit ministry to women. She's married to Pat, and the two are the daughter or the parents of three sons and one daughter in love. I love that term. Um, they became grandparents with finally a girl in July 2021. So congrats, Laura. Um, and she's also going to be talking about her book, which is called Still Becoming Hope, Help, and Healing for the Diet Weary Soul, which was published in December of 2022. So, Laura, welcome to the show. Can you please tell us a little bit more about your background, um, your story with the Lord, how He met you in this place and brought you to where you are today, where you can share this message with others? Sure. Um, well, when I was 11 years old, I entered the seventh grade at five feet tall and 100 pounds. And by the time I left the ninth grade, just two years later, I gained over 100 pounds. And it was like a bomb went off in my life and everything changed. It was 1970, which is a really long time ago. There was very little known about eating disorders other than bulimia and anorexia. Uh, we didn't understand depression and anxiety in kids the way we do now. And so no one knew what to do. My mom and dad panicked, took me to the doctor, found nothing wrong. And so I was taken to... Weight Watchers. <laughs> mm. And that began um, a life of yo-yo dieting, the dieting mindset, um, turning on my body, you know, viewing it as my sworn enemy. Mm. And that lasted for 50 years, five zero, mm. a very, very long time until there was a tipping point and I went for serious help. And mm. that was just about six years ago. Yeah. Okay, so tell us a little bit about that tipping point. Um, have you had you met the Lord during that time? Um, and if so, or or tell us about your experience of of God during that time as well. Okay, so I've known the Lord my whole life. I cannot remember a time when I came to Christ because I've always believed. I was mm. raised in a Christian home. He's always been my best friend. Uh, I haven't always followed him the way I should, but I've always loved him and believed in him. But mm. I didn't see the connection between what I was doing and him. Yeah. In fact, I felt that he was done with me. You know, I, mm. I felt like, you know, I love you because I'm God, but I don't like you because mm. look what you've done to yourself. So the tipping point came, you know, I was a women's ministry leader. I'm leading women. I'm encouraging, you know, I can believe it for everybody but myself. Right. Mm. And um, just about eight years, it's actually was eight years ago. My mother died suddenly. And three months later, my dearest friend in the universe died suddenly also. Wow. And it was 
it was horrible. It was so hard. And during the summer after these two deaths, I just felt like I could not stuff my emotions any longer. Nothing was working. I was a mess. So after a lot of prayer and a lot of soul searching, I decided to go for help. I'd been in therapy many times over the years for general help, but I'd never gone for this. And so I found a specialist and she you know, specialized in women like me and it completely changed my life, mm. completely changed my life. What, what is the specialist? Was it like, what kind of specialist was it? She um, is a doctor. She's mm-hmm. a PsyD and she specializes in women with disordered eating, negative body image and trauma. Okay. And she hooked me up with a dietitian at the same time and they worked together with me. Yes. Yes. We, um, we just had a podcast episode about what Christians need to know about eating disorders with a dietitian specializing in that field. And she said, you have to find someone who specializes in this. Um, so I'm glad that you found that, that you saw the need for that and you reached out and it sounds like meeting with that person has really connected you and, and, um, opened up a new relation, a new kind of relationship with the Lord. Oh, absolutely. Because as well, first of all, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. So all of this was infused with yeah. prayer and, and lots of connecting with him and taking time to process my feelings with him and all the things that we have to do. But in reconnecting with my body, because I'd been completely disconnected from it for so long, I learned to trust the one who created it mm. because it's faithful to tell us what it needs. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. That wasn't that amazing. <laughs> yes. And yeah. And you kind of talk about that too, in your first chapter of the emotions part, which we also just had a podcast episode about. So all of this is like really just tying it all together, but being able to, um, there are some phrases that are, you know, you're not your emotions, but also emotions are so important. It's like that encapsulates the theme of the Psalms is <laughs> bringing, bringing all of our emotions to the Lord and not stuffing them and not, I should feel this way about my body, but what do I actually feel? Not just emotion wise, but physical, those sensations and being allowed to feel that. And there being that being embodied grace <laughs> and being able to experience that. Um, okay. So Laura, we are kind of highlighting some of the different, um, false promises that diet culture leads us to believe. Um, what are some of those false promises that you were led to believe? And how did you kind of start to find the holes in the plots? Well, the first thing that I falsely believed is that they were an expert on my my body. Mm. They're not an expert on anything. I'm, I had to learn to become an expert on my body and listen to the one who created it. So mm. uh, we tend to just put complete trust in industries that have a 95% failure rate. Mm -hmm. And then we blame ourselves when they don't work. It's crazy. Any other thing that we consume and spend money on, we would never go back to if it had a 95% failure rate. But we do with dieting, they have wonderful marketing. So there's that, that that is a false promise. The other is that somehow they, um, by eliminating food groups, our body doesn't know what to do with sugar. It doesn't know what to do with carbs. We have to do all these gymnastics mm. and contort ourselves to make this this miraculous body work. Mm. It really does work well 
on its own <laughs> when you feed it properly. So that's another lie. Mm. And then the other big lie that was completely shocking to me when I figured this out was skinny does not equal freedom and freedom does not equal skinny. Mm. I can be free. And in fact, I am free without reaching some, I don't have a goal weight, but some goal weight. I can be free now. And actually a free woman will treat her body in a more sensible way Mm -hmm. than one in bondage. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So we have talked about diet culture here in the past, (laughs) but what is your um, what is the definition of diet culture that you kind of go to that you can explain to someone of like, I don't really know what, what that is. And if we know what it is, then we can start to identify it in our own lives. So can you tell us what is diet culture? To me, it's, well, first of all, it's everywhere. It's not just in the Noom ads or the different, you know, diet ads that are coming at us on social media all the time that everybody's selling everything. And it, of course, that's obvious. But it's also in the celebrity culture. We see, you know, pictures of like just recently Jennifer Lopez with her six pack, you know, and we're told that this is something that every almost 60 year old woman should be aiming for, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, so it's, it's in the fashion industry, it's in the celebrity culture, it's on television, it is in our families. Um, so many of the women that we interact with, I mean, we come by this, honestly, a lot of us, our mothers and our grandmothers dieted. Um, so uh, it's, it's hard to nail down one thing because it really is everywhere. Mm -hmm. I I guess I would define it as anything that's telling you that something external is going to fix what's broken inside of you. And it will not work. God works from the inside out. Yes. And amen to that. <laughs> yeah. I, um, there's another, I mean, definition of diet culture as a, a belief system as that worships thinness and equates it to health and moral virtue, which I'll put some of, I'll put that in the show notes as well. And it promotes weight loss and maintaining a low weight as a way to elevate social status demonizes certain foods and eating styles while elevating others. I don't, (laughs) well, I don't know if this person is a, um, what this person believes as far as their faith goes, but this, um, person has, let's see their last name is Harrison. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to look up the, um, the reference for that and, and put it in here so that y'all can look more into it as well. But talks about it as a belief system and it's, you know, we're all going to worship something and we're going to, and I've also heard of worship, worship as worth ship and what is worth our time and energy and talents. And that is what we will put it towards. Um, and so if we believe that being thin, um, or even eating certain foods to attain a certain health status is worth our time, energy, and talents, and that will become our worship. And so that, <laughs> like you said, like you've experienced can be very dangerous and also a big letdown. (laughs) Um, And it keeps us from God because our primary focus from the moment we hit the floor in the morning is what am I going to eat today? What did I eat yesterday? Am I being good? Am I being bad? Are my clothes going to fit? What do I look like? On and on. And that Mm -hmm. is not the mind of God. Mm -hmm. Not. Right. Okay. And then, so how have you seen um, you talked about these false promises that, um, that diet culture industry experts 
say that they are the expert on your body, where did you find that to be false? I know you said they have a 95% failure rate. So it sounds like you've, you've tried that, but then you realize that, oh, I can just listen to my body and then my body will work. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes. And in the, and in the beginning of therapy for this, uh, you know, my therapist, when I would express an emotion to her, she would say, where do you feel that in your body, Laura? And I'd mm-hmm. say, I have no idea. I don't, right. I can't feel it. But over time I was able to, I was able to reconnect with my body and report that back to her. Mm-hmm. And so as for me, the way it worked for me was as I became freer and it was step by step, three steps forward, two back, all that over time, I started to realize that I'd been duped mm-hmm. by the dieting culture. And for the beginning of my therapy, I really wanted to go back to dieting. It was hard not to diet. Mm-hmm. You know, my head was saying, if you just give up carbs for one month, mm-hmm. you'll have 20 pounds off by that party or whatever. I had to fight back on that. Um, and then just looking back over the years of gaining it all back and then some. And how fleeting that weight loss was every mm-hmm. single time. Um, help me put it all together. Right, right. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so being able to reconnect with your body over time. Um, seeing that the promises of diet culture were fleeting, did you find the promises of God to be more permanent? Yes. And so here's the thing. I just said earlier, God heals us from the inside out. And Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like it's like a caterpillar in a cocoon. Mm -hmm. All of the transformation of the butterfly goes on in the cocoon where nobody can see. So as I was building my relationship with my body. And I said earlier, also, I was learning to trust my body. It was really scary to do that. Mm -hmm. I started to realize how trustworthy God was Mm -hmm. and that I could pry my hands off of this thing and give it to him. Mm -hmm. It was like a free fall at first, but he was there to catch me. Mm -hmm. And he has been faithful ever since. And a butterfly is not a better version of a caterpillar. A butterfly is a completely new creation. She will never go back. And I feel confident that I will never go back. Mm -hmm. I have good days and I have bad days. I'm still becoming. That's why I named my book that. But I'm free. Mm -hmm. I am not the same human being I was only a few years ago. Okay, so if you could um, root some of these or uh, I guess uncover some of these false promises um, with the light of God's truth, would you say would you say that? The what is it, Second Corinthians, that the old has passed away and the new has come. Would you say that that would be a good promise? <laughs> yes. And I used to tie my worth with what I looked like. Mm-hmm. I believe that what I looked like determined my value. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that did not come from my husband. That did not come from my mother. That came from the enemy. Right. That came from the enemy. And so I had to reprogram my thinking and I had to line it up with the truth from God's word. Mm -hmm. There is no other way. Right. And I think that's what most of, that's the place that most of us have to get to. I've seen that this is not working. There has to be another way. And to see that God's way is the only way. (laughs) Voice. Oh, so sorry. 
<laughs> Excuse me. His voice is so different than the voice of shame. Hmm. He he draws us out. He lifts our head up. He puts us on our feet where shame pushes us down and keeps us chasing our tails. And that's what I was doing. And that's okay. what the dieting culture has us doing. They're invested in that. They want us to come back or they go out of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And I think about too, you said that you were free, like you didn't have to attain a certain body size to be free because um, grace is not of our own doing, says Ephesians 2, but it is the free gift of God. And so being able to, like, how, how would you say to the person who is thinking like, well, no, if, if I can really just get to this place um, in my body size or in my abilities, then I really will feel more free in my body to do X, Y, and Z. What would you say to that person? I would say that, again, freedom does not equal skinny. A lot of us, when we get into skinny bodies, still have the same issues we had when we were overweight. We're just wearing smaller clothes. Mm. The freedom is an internal work of God. And mm. it really is not related to what your size is. Now, you will physically feel freer. Mm-hmm. When you've taken some weight off, if, if you're having trouble walking or if it's impeding your everyday life. But we're talking about freedom in the context of how we feel about ourselves, how we view life, how we view the world. And as we line up our thinking with the truth from God's word, every single time, he will heal us and he will set us free every single time. Right. And also like you're everyone's we've seen this happen too, as everyone's body kind of settles into a certain place of health whenever they're allowing, whenever they're able to reconnect with those signals of their body and appropriately respond, um, with actions of nourishing your body while, um, pursuing joyful movement. And then your body finds this place where you don't have to do all the work because your body does the work. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) And there's so much mental freedom in that. And and I haven't gained any weight since I've been on this journey. Mm -hmm. I'm not yo-yoing anymore. Right. You know, my, and it took a while just to stabilize. Mm -hmm. Right. Emotionally and physically. Yes. Feeding myself three square meals a day and snacks if needed. Mm -hmm. Listening to the hunger and fullness cues. And I found that once again, this is another freedom issue. Once I found that I was satiated and regulated like that, I wasn't obsessing about food anymore. Mm -hmm. My thoughts could go somewhere else. Right. Yeah. And we have to know what that, what that feels like. We have to know what satisfaction feels like (laughs) for us to, for us to understand that. And two, we teach like, well, there's, there's um, physical hunger and then there's like mental hunger. And, you know, we have to be able to nourish ourselves. And the Bible talks so much about feasting with God and how much joy and pleasure there is in that. Um, and so that we are able to connect, not with having to control, um, our food when we're eating, but getting to connect with the Lord and seeing and being able to enjoy this as another act of worship of eating and drinking, whatever you do, (laughs) glorify the Lord. Um, and so, and (sighs) weight is such a non-issue that it feels like once you, once you do this work of reconnecting, then 
you know, your weight will balance out. And some of our clients, um, end up gaining weight because they need to for their health. Um, and they need to for their reproductive system and, and some people don't and some people, and so it's just, you know, it's so individual and it's like, that's, that's never, we can never focus on the results, but more on just how can I respond <laughs> to, to the promises that God has already given and stand on those and know that he will never let me down, even though I have felt let down from a lot of these other health pursuits. Um, okay. So Laura, I want to be able to kind of recap with some of this. Okay. So the diet culture reference that I mentioned that circling back around, that's from Christy Harrison. Um, and she wrote the book anti-diet, which I really enjoyed. It has a lot of really helpful research in it. Um, and a, a few of the false promises that you mentioned were, were diet culture. Um, it, it can seem like other people are, are putting themselves as the experts of your body, but we are able to, instead of trusting someone else, we can quote Proverbs three, five through six, trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Um, and then you talked about the, the butterfly too, of that, the promises of God are, are more permanent. And therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, all things have become new. And so, um, is that related to the title of your book as well? The still becoming. Yes, because we'll, we'll never get there. We'll always be on the, on the journey of sanctification of becoming more like Christ. We're mm -hmm. all still becoming. And so there's self-compassion and grace on this journey. Yep. Yep. So, you know, let's say I hit a rough spot this year and I put on some weight. There's no panic there. Because it's normal and natural for some of us to have a relapse, to, to go back. You know, it, it's there's grace for that. Our bodies, our female bodies, are are made to fluctuate here and there, anyway, right? And so we can't get all freaked out about that. We have to trust the process and trust our bodies and trust God. We don't go into a panic because if we do, we're going to eat everything in sight. That's what we're going to start doing because we're going to give up. Am I making sense? That yes, we yes. have to expect some fluctuation. I have been with women who go into a tailspin when they've gained a pound. Mm -hmm. That is normal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it. I went through menopause and I gained weight during menopause. And then I start beating myself up for gaining weight during menopause. I had no control over that. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of research, too, about weight gain being protective during menopause. And so that's another just sign that our bodies there, like there's a natural design and, and we want to control a lot of that. And well, we're also made to believe that we have to control it and that we can, and when we can't, then we fail. But really it's like, Oh, instead of right. Coming from a place of curiosity and, and compassion of like, Oh, okay. I must be going through some changes right now. I have never been to this state in my life. I have never been to this point of human development. This must be a new thing and be able to see, okay, what's going on? And am I still nourishing myself? Well, am I still, um, am I still responding to those signals in my body? Yes. Great. Well, let's just continue with life um, <laughs> and see what happens. And that's completely different thinking than dieting culture. It is mm. so completely different, but so like God, mm. so like God, 
grace, compassion, curiosity, all of that. And it's such a, a more peaceful, settled way to live. Right. And it's also thinking, it's also knowing that our bodies are not our own. And so if we think, oh, well, my body is supposed to and has to look like this, you know, we have to be reminded that I didn't bring myself into this world. And, um, God obviously has a plan for my, my spiritual physical development. And sometimes our physical development, um, is, is developing us spiritually and the way that we respond. And are we still trusting him? Um, when things are, are, aren't going in line with what we predicted, because instead of us trying to control our own predictions, we get to rest in God's promises, which really have nothing to do with what our bodies are supposed to look like. But instead, you know, the Lord looks at the heart. Um, so yeah, where is our heart during each one of these stages of still exactly. becoming? <laughs> exactly. I mean, after we have babies and our, mm -hmm. I mean, our bodies are miraculous. Yes. They, they change mm -hmm. to adapt to the seasons that we're in. And as you said, for protection and for health and all those things, it's what we do with those seasons mm -hmm. and how we think about them mm -hmm. that can send us off in the wrong direction. Right. And it is like brings us back to the awe of the psalmist of like, oh, wow, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made and being able to give that up to the Lord of like, oh, wow, you're still making you're still making my body and still sustaining me and being in wonder of that because there's so, there's so many, um, there's so many things that need to coincide with each and every one of our systems internally too, that we overlook because we're so focused on what we're supposed to look like from the outside. Um, and so <laughs> how's his Holy spirit in a loathsome dwelling? <laughs> this is, you know, our bodies are the house of our eternal soul and his Holy spirit. Right. And that's, that's too, is something that we're like, how is that possible? And that's also the, the whole mystery of grace that it's uh merit undeserved. And so we just get to receive and enjoy and live out of gratitude. <laughs> um, okay. So Laura, how about being able to kind of put a practical spin on this? Um, how can we align ourselves with God's promises in the middle of diet culture what are some kind of daily practices that maybe you learned over time in doing that work um, that you can share with others? Well, the first thing is that if you are in bondage and you don't know what to do next, I strongly suggest you find a specialist mm -hmm. uh, and go to someone who who specializes in women who have eating disorders or disordered eating, because it is a very specific therapy. It is not just like general talk therapy. There's all kinds of things that go on and it's truly helpful mm -hmm. and it's focused on you. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, I just can't say enough about that. And if that therapist works with a, um, an anti-diet dietitian, uh, that's even better. So yes. both of them are, I dedicated my book to both of those ladies because it changed my mm -hmm. life. Um, and then the other thing is that I ask women in my book to walk away from dieting for 31 days. I don't, I say it's a free country. If you don't, you don't, but, um, I, I view it as a fast where we're just going to give it up. And instead of running to the refrigerator and running to food and obsessing over all these things, if we can sit with God, I practice a sailor, which means to ponder and praise, uh, when these emotions bubble up. 
it takes practice to do this. It isn't instant. But if we can stop before we get into the kitchen or stop before we start ruminating and say, stop, and then process those emotions with God. God, I'm feeling fat today. God, I, I want to go eat that bag of potato chips, or I feel so guilty about what I ate last night. And process those feelings with him instead of numbing ourselves out. Feel mm-hmm. the feelings. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing would be to begin to understand and process how you may have been misled by the diet industry for so long. Mm-hmm. Come, come, you know, face that security blanket mm-hmm. and uh, and let it go. Mm-hmm. Let it go and get support. Yes. Yes. And you talked about too, how it feels like free falling. And, and I often see this and I see this in scripture too, of, of, um, of being able to take off those, those old ways, but we, we don't just take off the old ways. We put on new ways. And so it's not like, okay, just stop dieting. And because we're like, well, now what do I do? This has been my structure for my day. Like I meal plan and I do this and I exercise this way. And, and it's like, we have to be able to replace that with a gentle, um, a, still a structure so that we feel supported and we kind of have a next step. Um, but it's, <laughs> it is different. Um, and to be able, and I find too, that we won't engage in something new unless we have seen the pain of this old way, um, that we have to do something different and we trust this new way. Counting the cost of what this has cost you. Mm -hmm. I had to do that. It's a very, I mean, any kind of recovery program eventually will have you count the cost and, uh, you know, what has it cost you in your relationships, in your time, in your money, in, in being distracted by the important things of life? Has it kept you from social situations and things that you've held back from? And has that impacted your children, Mm -hmm. your marriage? You know, I mean, I could have a very, well, I do have a very long list of what it cost me. But Mm -hmm. until we come clean and face um, how we've been duped and what it, how it has affected us, we won't be motivated to give it up. Right. Right. And, and also, one of the things that I feared the most was when I gave up dieting, I would start eating everything inside. I think a lot of us feel that way with intuitive eating, but that has not been the case. Now, there might be some overeating in the beginning as you learn to adjust and retune into your body, mm-hmm. but it's it, it's amazing what happens once you feel that satiated feeling and start getting comfortable with it. You don't want to ever be starving or full again. <laughs> you know, I mean, I used to love feeling starved. Because it meant I was losing weight. That was a very good feeling to me. Now I can't tolerate it. Wow. Yeah. Goodness. And and two, that's being able to face your fears. Um, <laughs> I well, too, that the counting the costs too. When I think about the things that I want to say were taken from me, but it was something that I voluntarily participated in of, um, how it created conflicts in my family of over the dinner table. And it was like, ah, is this worth it? No. (laughs) And it makes me angry, which goes back to the whole, you have to process those feelings of like, and now how does this make you feel? It makes me feel mad. It makes me feel sad. And then I'm like getting sad just thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and it robs like 
it's like not just me because I know that, you know, I struggled with it in some form and everyone has their own form of struggle, but it is like, wow, this is, I like, I feel robbed from this, like, you know, from being able to like fully enjoy my family or fully enjoy these meals, which, you know, we like have the understanding that no food is just fuel when it comes to diet culture. And and it's just numbers, which is so empty. Um, and it's like, God wants so like how much more is what I hear God saying? Like how much more do I want to give to you? And like his story is one of abundance, whereas diet culture is one of scarcity. And it's like, are we going to be continue to be driven by that fear or are we going to be led by love in God's ways? So much gentler, like you said, of like, ah, oh, it is kind of scary to let go of the old ways. But, you know, if you're listening to this and you're worried about it, just know that we have been through it. We've also taken so many clients through it. And we, we kind of call this the pendulum swing of like, ah, I can't let go because if I do, then I'll swing all the way to the other side and I'll keep swinging. But the point is, is that when you do let go, God is still the one holding you. He's still the one who's anchoring you. Um, and so, (laughs) so that's where we can, yeah, that's where we can put our trust in. We can put our trust in that God is here for you. And to be able to, um, have that scripture as an anchor for us. Would you say that, um, I know that you have a scripture mentioned here. Did you have any certain scriptures that you memorized so that you could store it in your heart when you were, when you felt like you were struggling? Well, the one that, I, that is right in front of me all the time is the one that I, I gave you uh, ahead of time. And that is, um, Proverbs four twenty four. be very careful what you think for your thoughts run your life. Mm-hmm. And it is, again, it is everything it's how we think. And when we line our thinking up with the truth from God's word, things fall into place in all areas of our life. Mm -hmm. We become more mature. And one of the problems that we have when we have disordered eating is that we're very immature in that way. That's an immaturity. If we're not handing it over to God, we're holding on to it like a little girl. Mm -hmm. And so for me, a lot of this has been a maturing journey as well, so that I understand that I'm responsible to give this over to God, just like I do my children, my marriage, other things in my life. We do that so mm-hmm. easily. And yet I wouldn't let go of this. That was a little girl behavior. And I found that once I did that and I reprogrammed my thinking about my body, about my worth, about food in general, everything changed. Yeah. And the freedom that I never thought I'd, I'd ever, I'm 64. The freedom that I never thought I would ever have because God was punishing me. Mm. Wrong thinking. Yeah. It was not. Is here. It came. I've got it. It's amazing. It's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. But it's not a mystery. Mm-hmm. It's not a mystery. God, all through his word, tells us to trust him, to not be afraid, to give it to him. He shows us time and time again through stories in scripture where he has healed woman after woman after woman, Mm. woman after woman, the the bleeding woman. He said, your faith has made you well. Mm -hmm. And faith translated is trust. Yep. That's, that's what made her well. And she'd spent all her money on doctors and ended up worse than before. Scripture tells us that. (laughs) Hello. Can we relate with that? (laughs) 
I spent all my money on diet programs and I didn't get better. I got worse. <laughs> and also what has really helped me in scripture is, is studying Jesus's relationships with women because he mm-hmm. loves us just as we are. He doesn't yeah. tell the woman with the perfume running into the, you know, into, into the room and throwing herself at his feet and crying all over him and emoting and all the Pharisees are wigged out. He doesn't say, now go back to the door and come back insensibly. And then maybe I'll talk to you. He doesn't. Oh, for sure. He didn't say, get yourself together. <laughs> no, he, no. And we, Scripture doesn't tell us what these women weighed. Who knows? <laughs> no, because it's, it's not important, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, did they, did they, how did, did they come to Jesus, you know, um, and how he came to them first? <laughs> and they were desperate. And aren't we, I, I mm. mean, just aren't we, especially when we come to the end of this, you know, long, long road of trying to do it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Laura. I think that's, (laughs) and that's a good place to end of that. You don't have to do it by yourself. Um, there is a lot of support out there for you. And while we may, um, feel alone sometimes when we are, when we are looking at these diet culture ads or when we are thinking these thoughts in our head, um, that God is with you even there in your mind. Um, he is even, he's closer. And so Laura, is there anything that you would like to leave the listener with of aligning with truth in the middle of diet culture? I would say that, um, as a woman who struggled with this for 50 years, that it's never too late. Mm. Um, I thought it was too late when I was 30. I thought it was too late when I was 13, you know, but it is not too late. It is not too too late to try something new. And that's something new is thousands of years old. It's written in scripture to trust God with your life, trust God with your body. He is faithful. He's not going to ever ask us to do anything. He doesn't give us the power to do ever. And I'd say it hasn't worked. Uh Isn't it time to give it to God? Mm. Okay. Well, Laura, where can others find you? You can find me on my website. It's www.laura, L-A-U-R-A, then a dash, Acuna, A-C-U-N-A.com. And then tell us a little bit more about your book. My book is a 31-day devotional that takes women on a sacred journey, giving up dieting for 31 days, although it is a free country. You don't have to. Um, That's, you know, legalism is is all through the dieting culture. So I refuse to participate in it, right? It's a grace-filled journey. But every single day, there's a different topic that's related to body image, dieting, food. Um, But I get into aging. I get into beauty. I get into finding your voice, becoming your true self. So all these things are related. And I do a lot of days, three days on shame, on Mm -hmm. ridding ourselves of shame. And there's a journaling exercise every day called soul fitness, strengthening your core, because we need our trust muscle to be strong when we're going to walk through life and be on this journey. And then there's a prayer. Yeah. Okay, y'all. And I have um, read some of her book as well. And it is, it's one of those that you can read it easily, but it's also packed with truth. So it resonates and it leaves an impact. Um, And it's, it's simple, but deep and profound at the, all at the same time. Um, so 
I encourage you to check that out as well. And I love the strengthening your core because that goes right along with the alignment message of, Hey, you don't have to be out there floating around trying to figure it out. There is an answer and it's Jesus. And he's right here. He is the core of your being. Amen. (laughs) Um, well, thank you so much, Laura. And I have just loved getting to chat with you. Um, well, do you do a final prayer for our listeners? I will, but first let me thank you for having me on. And yeah. again, it's just fun to talk to someone who, who gets me, mm. <laughs> you know, and who, um, yeah. I don't have to explain things to you get it. And so yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. It's just really, it's joyful to be yes. on the joyful yes. health show. Oh, well, that's <laughs> so glad we fulfilled our purpose there. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Let me pray for everyone. Okay. Thanks. Um, Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I'm praying right now for the women who are listening to this episode. And Lord, I know there's probably a variety of fears and anxiety and apprehension. And Lord, I'm asking you that on her first try to turn away from numbing herself out with food or exercise, Lord, to um, her first try to sit with you and process her feelings that you will meet her there in an obvious way. Mm. And that you will encourage her to keep taking the next step and the next step. I pray, Lord, that she will seek community and come back to this ministry um, here where um, they walk women through in community, um, Mm. learning how to eat intuitively and how to trust their bodies again. Father, thank you for our miraculous bodies. Thank you that we're women and that our bodies do miraculous things. We lift them up to you and we give them to you in Jesus name. Amen. And I'm lifting my hands up and surrender once again, (laughs) giving it up. Um, Yes, every day really is what it takes. So keep going, friends. Um, Until next time, may you rest in His grace and follow the joy. Hey, thanks so much for listening. A very special thank you to all our podcast guests, along with Dwayne Goldbeck for podcast editing and Maddox Schuler for writing and recording our podcast music. 